This program is brought to you by PersonalLifeMedia.com. Hi, and welcome to Green Talk, a podcast series from GreenLivingIdeas.com. Green Talk helps listeners in their efforts to lead more eco-friendly lifestyles through interviews with top vendors, authors, and experts from around the world. We discuss the critical issues facing the global environment today, as well as the technologies, products, and practices that you can employ to go greener in every area of your life. Hey everybody, this is Sean Daly with Green Talk Radio and GreenLivingIdeas.com, brought to you by both GreenLivingIdeas.com and Personal Life Media. And today's program is going to be on the topic of online organic goods shopping and organic flowers. And my guest today to be talking to me about that is Gerald Prallman, who is the CEO of Organic Style. Gerald, welcome to the program. Uh, thank you, Sean. Um, appreciate being on your show. Well, yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, you know, it's interesting. I, I know that uh, that you guys started. Well, <laughs> it's interesting. I always ask guests to tell me their story because I like to start with the story of why you're here, why you're doing what you're doing. I was particularly intrigued by a press release that went out. That, that I'm going to give the intro line to the story. I'm going to let you fill in the rest because I thought I found I found this fascinating. Because um, I, I have I have two loves. Uh, one is uh, all things French, and then jazz. <laughs> so here's the story. So when Gerald Promen fell head over heels in love with French jazz singer Raquel Beton, he used a magnificent he used magnificent floral bouquets to win her heart. He went on to create something entirely unexpected, an eco floral revolution worth hundreds of millions of dollars. So you've got to tell us that story. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, it's a true love story. Um, uh, well, let's see where I begin. Okay, so... I mean, you don't have to give us, you know, <laughs> intimate details. <laughs> That's not really what I'm fishing for here, but, you know, just you know, kind of like how that led you to be into so the business that you're in. <laughs> it was kind of funny. It was just... Um, uh, it was just a story I told to somebody, and all of a sudden it ended up in a press release, uh, and, it, and it went out on the wires. Uh-huh. And, that's um, <laughs> your whole life exposed. <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you tell the PR people. Yeah, so I, I used to be in a very you know different business, in the food business, and, and, and I, uh, when I was a young guy. Not that I'm still not a young guy. And, uh, and <clears throat> I had uh, met this uh, lovely woman by the name of uh, Raquel Bitton, and, and I, was, uh, I was courting her, and... And uh, and so I thought, well, uh, I was just thinking, and I was really interested to um, pursue her, and I was um, thinking up every possible way I could get her attention, and um, and so so I was thinking, okay, flowers it was, it would be a good thing to do. Uh-huh. And so after work every day, I lived in the city in San Francisco, and I would go to this floral shop. Uh, it was called Keo's on Fillmore Street. And uh, I would uh, try to put together a bouquet, and I didn't really know anything about floral arranging or making, but I, I was uh, I was very much in love and and quite a fanatic about trying to make sure all the flowers were perfect and they looked really good together. And I probably just tore up this poor lady's uh, floral shop every time I came in, <laughs> and, and 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 then I made something and looked horrible, and then I put it back, and I was making quite a mess. So this woman came out. Actually, uh, her name was Keo, and and I think probably just to save her store, started to show me how to, what I should be doing. <laughs> <laughs> Gave you some on-site training as it were. Yeah. And, uh, and after a long day of, of the job I had, I actually was having fun doing this, and it became a ritual. Every couple of days I'd be in that shop 
going through all, all the flowers, and we ended up making these spectacular bouquets. Oh, she did. She made these spectacular bouquets. And I had this thought to myself, um, what a nice job. Um, and, I, and I just secretly told myself that I wouldn't mind doing this for a living. And, but, I, I mean, I never in a, in a million years imagined that I would be in the, in the midst of, um, you know, a field of flowers of 20 million stems of roses <laughs> uh, doing this for a, for a living. But well, I, I remember I had that thought at that time. And, and well, it certainly worked because uh, I, I brought Raquel um, uh, those beautiful bouquets uh, every couple of days. And, and uh, ultimately we got married, and now it's um, uh, almost 20, well, it's more than 22 years later, wow. two kids later, and uh, she still gets flowers for me uh, every few uh, days. That's great. Well, that's, a, that's a great story. Well, now I'm curious now, at the time, what were you doing as you're walking into this flower shop being the understudy of, of this woman? Um, oh, professionally? Yeah, at, at the time you were doing I that. had a specialty food company supplying um, ingredients to um, top chefs in the white tablecloth restaurants around the country. Oh, okay. Okay. So, so now, so you, you have this inspiration and this epiphany, <laughs> um, and, and I, I love the title of that press release too, because it said revolution began with love and flowers. So forward to that, you know, what was the, um, uh, you know, what sort of happened with you professionally in, in, you know, implementing this company and going forward with it? Well, I've been working in the natural product sector for the past 30 years, uh, building branded food companies and specifically working in the organic agricultural um, you know, business um, sector, developing organic ag projects. And um, I had one of the early companies in the world of organic produce back in the day when organic fruits and vegetables were considered to be somewhat funky in terms of their cosmetic appearance. Um, let's say an apple only that an organic mother could love. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the name of uh, the last company that I built was called Made in Nature, and it was one of the first organic produce companies that was able to gain acceptance at mass market retail, and it was the company known um, for really uh, helping to change the image of organic produce with traditional supermarket buyers. And during that time, I had my hands in the conversions of over 20,000 acres to organic production systems, and I did this in a number of countries around the world. Uh, pretty much um, Mexico and Central America, and I was always working directly with farmers, and I spent a lot of time getting to know them and uh, encouraging them to uh, grow by organic uh, methods. So this is what I did for a very long time, and this gave me uh, quite an opportunity to work with a, a very diverse group of growers, which included either large agribusinesses, uh, mid-sized family farms, and I also worked with many small and very poor growers in really rural areas of the world. And during all of these experiences, I got to know many growers. Uh, I was just spending a lot of time with them and their families, and I was able to see firsthand the positive impact of organic farming and also the social benefits that are associated with paying a fair price for goods. Um, and my job was also really interesting, well, to me personally, because I was uh, fascinated really to discover where products come from and to see the whole process from seed to market. And um, so, but the situation was at, at that time, again, this is in 1989, uh, 1990, the early 90s, that growers were very willing to go organic, but they needed assurances from the marketplace that would support the costs to convert their farms or really the increased costs associated with small-scale agricultural production. Um, and so I was in this situation where I'm selling to supermarkets, 
and those buyers are used to getting more and paying less. Right. And here I come along offering what's perceived to be less for more. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was able to break through this by telling stories about the growers that I met that I knew and their families and talking about their commitment to the environment. And in many cases, um, I would bring the growers down to the farm uh, and bring the buyers. Um, let me just say that again. In many cases, I would bring the buyers down to the farm uh-huh. and make a direct connection between the buyers and the farmers. And once this connection was made uh, and the, the buyers got to know the growers and they could see the difference between organic and non-organic production, they seemed to feel that they were part of the movement and they lent their support to what's now become a multi-billion dollar industry. Um, and so this, these are some of the early uh, seeds that um, were behind the startup of Organic Bouquet, which has then become Organic Style. Um, in, uh, in 1994, I sold that company. I sold Made in Nature to Dole Food Company. Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty big event in the, in the produce trade at that time because now the largest agribusiness on the planet Earth had embraced organics. And this served to really legitimize the notion of organic agriculture and had an important um, uh, role to accelerate the whole movement at that time. Now, that's timely because, you know, Clorox just bought Burt's Bees, and this is, uh, this is in the news constantly with acquisitions of products uh, by companies that are, that are very large corporate conglomerates and purchase these types of lines that have, you know, small mom-and-pop startup roots. Do you feel that, that that brand has been carried on properly by, by the purchaser um, in, in this case, or can you speak about that? Well, you know, um, Dole, um, surprising to, to, to many, is um, I found to be a really amazing company, very responsible company, and the chairman of the company um, actually hates agrochemicals, um, and there's a, a quiet internal directive to eradicate them completely throughout the organization, but they never talk about it, and they never talk about the millions of dollars they spend on sustainable agricultural developments. Um, I guess just being a large corporation, they they, um, they they just don't talk about the good deeds that they do. Mm-hmm. But they, um, they they bought the company. I ultimately ended up buying it back from them, and then I sold it one more time. Uh-huh. And, and then um, the company that I sold it to sold it to another company. <laughs> wow. <laughs> it's, really, it's been around the block a few times. Yeah, times. and it still lives on. Uh, uh, the, the produce part of it has gone away, but... Uh, the there's still one line that I think that lives on, which is the dried fruit line I introduced. It's the first uh, packaged, unsulfured, organic uh, dried fruits, and uh, a company bought it, and they still sell it into supermarkets and natural food stores around around the world. Mm-hmm. So now, t- tell us about the foundation, or the actually, you know what? We're going to take a break, and when we come back, I'm going to ask you this question about uh, the beginnings of organic bouquet. Um, and uh, so we will be right back. We're talking about or, or all things uh, organic goods, uh, both online and not, uh, with Gerald Prallman, who is the CEO of Organic Style at OrganicStyle.com. This is Green Talk Radio, Sean Daly. We'll be right back. Listen to Money, Mission, and Meaning. Passion at work, purpose at play. A weekly audio program bringing you success in the business of life on PersonalLifeMedia.com. And we are back to Green Talk Radio. This is Sean Daly. I'm talking today on the topic of organic goods and flowers with 
Gerald Promen, who is the CEO of Organic Style. Gerald, uh, when we, we were just talking about your previous company, um, um, you know, uh, Made in Nature, and I wanted to sort of move forward to hear a little bit about Organic Bouquet, the, the floral business that we started talking about with that great story you had in the beginning. And um, I just, I'm curious about, uh, now, did that start as an online business? Were you bricks and mortar for a while, or did it just go with start online? No, well, the idea for Organic Bouquet, which is the foundation business of Organic Style, um, was really born from my past experiences. Um, and, I, and when I was looking for a new uh, company to build, I was thinking about what I enjoyed most about my career uh, in the past and, and you know, where I saw a need. Um, at the same time, I was uh, learning about the Internet, and I thought this was the perfect vehicle. Uh, time-wise, this is around 2000. And I thought this would be the perfect vehicle to, to make a direct connection between growers and artisans and consumers. And I was thinking that in this way we could really minimize all the excess handling, um, which included the importers and the brokers and the wholesalers and the distributors, all the people in the middle, um, and become a direct uh, from farm retailer. That, that was the I- idea. Um, and because I was so close to growers, um, it was just very easy for me to see that the people that do the most amount of work got paid the least amount of money. And so by selling direct from farms, I thought we could remove many of the hands in the middle, which would then allow us to pay growers a premium to grow responsibly and at the same time be able to offer really high-quality organic products at competitive prices. Right. So uh, I, I saw flowers as a category that had been overlooked by the natural product sector. And back at that time, there were over a 1,000 upscale natural food stores, uh, many with floral departments right in the front. But most people um, didn't make the, the same, you know, organic connection with flowers. People, you know, gravitated towards organics very much for personal health concerns over pesticide residues in their foods. And what, why? Do you think it's the disposable nature of it? It's just, you know, it's, oh, it's a flower, it's a flower, you know, no big deal. And it's more about you know, on the food side and the personal care products. Is that, do you think that's why? Or? Well, I think that's where awareness was at the time. Um, but organic is, is not really about food, surprisingly. Um, organic is, a, is an environmental farming method. R- right. The food is the byproduct. And, uh, and it's all about uh, protecting the earth. That's what organic is about. So it doesn't matter whether it's strawberries or cotton or flowers. It's all about caring for the earth. And this awareness um, wasn't so apparent at that time. But I thought it would, um, as the market developed and I could get on a soapbox, uh, so to speak, mm-hmm. that um, I'd get the message out there. And, I mean, what a lot of people don't know is that... Um, uh, that in many cases, uh, 50 to 1,000 times the amount of chemicals that are legally allowed on foods are used on flowers. Wow. And, That's a lot. <laughs> That's significant. Yeah. And uh, today, about 70% of all the flowers you see in America are imported. And really? And the only requirement uh, upon importation is that they arrive to our borders pest-free. So the import laws themselves encourage the use of harsh chemicals. Mm, interesting. Yeah, and, and, you know, so flowers... Uh, are, they're just typically grown with many strong chemicals, and these chemicals can negatively affect the environment, the farm workers who are handling the flowers, the wildlife, and the ecology. So I thought there'd be a need for a company that um, arranged to have flowers grown by 
responsible uh, methods. Yeah, and that aren't, the flowers aren't getting nuked <laughs> with, right. with chemicals, you know, to the point of uh, being harmful to the people that are that are purchasing them and, and handling them. Yeah, that certainly makes sense. So, so then, so bring us forward to that. So, so obviously, uh, you've had you know some success with with organic bouquet. Um, how? Well, I, go, go ahead. Well, I can tell you this: that you know, it was. Um, I didn't really realize how hard this was going to be. Uh, I thought it, uh, the, the idea for the company was um, to begin with uh, flowers and then expand pretty quickly within, I thought, the first year to other um, eco-lifestyle uh, products, artisan, uh, fair trade uh, crafts, and again, direct from uh, the producers to consumers. And given my background in the world of, of organic produce, I thought this was going to be easy. But I was um, not uh, correct about that assessment. This was very hard. And when I started this business, I like to say that um, we began with uh, there was no there was no commercial supplies of organic flowers, so there was no supply, there was mm-hmm. no demand. People didn't know why we need organic flowers, and we didn't have any money, so no supply, no demand, and no money. That's how we started. And today, I'm very proud to say that we have over a hundred million dollars worth of sustainably grown flowers in the pipeline, and. Um, the, the demand for all things eco or is at an all-time high now, and we were able over time through angel investors and people who really cared to uh, support this vision, which has now really grown into uh, quite an enterprise that we're all uh, quite proud of. Now, and that's great to hear. Now, I'm just curious, too, how have you guys fared against the, the knee-jerk sort of reaction that people have um, they go to vendors like you know 800 flowers or whoever you know the FTD um, network of florists. Um, how, how have you guys fared? Is it still a niche market, or are you hitting really the mainstream audience with whatever you know search engine marketing or you know whatever other type of marketing you, you might be doing? Is it really are you reaching the mainstream, uh, or have you been? We reaching are, um, and just to put this in perspective, um, uh, this last past Valentine's Day. There was um, well over 200 million impressions of our brand on the media. We were on about 300 television programs. We were in, um, I don't know, well, well over 500 newspapers. Uh, we were just out there. This, is, this has become the biggest story. Um, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's it, awareness of the environment is at an all-time high, and people just didn't realize what was on flowers. And... Our our little company, Organic Bouquet, has um, absolutely rocked the world of horticulture, and we uh, people are are really uh, taking notice. and And now, uh, some of the big companies are starting to to embrace sustainably produced flowers. And um, one company has added fair trade. Another one has added some sustainably grown flowers in, in a small way. So we're, we're very glad to see the competition um, uh, because that's what we want. We want to see the world, uh, the world of products produced in a sustainable manner. So um, we're, we're glad to see that it's starting to happen. Yeah, that, that's great. Now, is it correct, too, that you deal with the there's, – I know there's different eco-floral certifications. There's organic, sustainable, and biodynamic um, all of which are terms that we, we've talked about in this program quite a bit. Is it yes. true that you're offering products in sort of all those categories on the site? Yes. Okay. Um, and so, and I assume that there's different pricing associated with different labels. It's not so much the pricing with the different labels. Um, we, we've 
our pricing is um, is quite unique. We've been able to offer our certified sustainably grown flowers at competitive prices. At the same time, we're able to pay our growers a premium. So you might ask, well, how do we do that? How do you do that? Um, <laughs> we bet. pay more, sell it for less. So how do we stay in business? Mm-hmm. We were able to do this um, in the early days. As I mentioned, we uh, we didn't really have capital to work with, so we really had to develop some grassroots marketing initiatives. And one of the things that we did early on, which has proven to be uh, really great for our company and everybody involved, is that we, we started uh, a whole cause marketing uh, initiative where we partner with charitable organizations. And today we have uh, partnerships with more than 50 charitable organizations, whether that's uh, Amnesty International or PETA, that's People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, or Women for Women, or the Breast Cancer Fund. Um, we have these wonderful organizations we work with. They uh, take our products and market them to their membership base. And when anybody clicks on the links, uh, uh, they get a donation of 10% of the proceeds. And in this way, we've been able to reach uh, more than 10 million consumers on a monthly basis. And these are consumers who passionately care about the environment, social justice, animal welfare, um, just our kind of people. And um, and this works out great. So someone, the recipient's going to get this uh, beautiful box of roses. Uh, it looks like it came from the Eco Tiffany's. It's extremely high quality, um, beyond anything you'll see anywhere. Uh, because we're real sticklers about quality. And then there's a note card, and, and, um, and there's a special message. And then at the bottom of the message, it says, a donation has been made in your name to Amnesty International. So it's this ripple effect of goodness. And this is what really motivates and inspires everybody who works here at Organic Style. Um, in fact, I have to toss people out of here late at night. No one wants to leave because we're having a really good time. That's a, that's a good company to work for. That's a, g- a good thing. Um, so I'm curious, and we have, I have one more question before we go to our last break, um, and I want to talk a little bit about Organic Style, the magazine that you've recently uh, relaunched. But uh, I was curious about the Veriflora certification. I know there's a sustainable certification for uh, the flower industry that I understand you had some hand in, in starting. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. In my pursuit of growers to grow by organic methods, uh, I, I I went to well. I started in California, so we have we support local agriculture as a priority, but not all flowers um, you know grow locally. So I had to go to other places as well. So we source from not only California, Oregon, but also uh, Central America and South America. And Ecuador is known to have the finest, uh, best quality roses in the world. And I visited farms there in, in, in Ecuador and Colombia, and it's starting with growers that were in, already involved in what they call green label programs. And green label programs were some of the programs that were developed um, by European influences when, when there was very serious concerns over uh, the treatment of uh, farm workers back in the uh, early 90s. And there was a lot of good programs of uh, that I saw, and there was uh, many progressive growers really trying to grow sustainably, really trying to take care of their farm workers. Um, but there was no consistent message, and every certification was uh, missing something. All of them were doing good works, 
but not one certification had the answer for every for everybody and could give the total comfort. Um, organic is a farming method um, for the environment, but it doesn't address the social issues. And some of the green label programs uh, in Ecuador and Colombia were had tremendous social programs, but were a little bit lacking on the uh, environmental side. And when we just to clarify for people listening, is that when we're talking about the social issues, we're talking about, for example, the treatment of the indigenous people in the area where the products being grown or in some cases manufactured. Yeah, we're talking about um, what the farm workers are being paid. We're talking about their exposure to the chemicals when they're working in the greenhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, and just the conditions uh, on the farm. Which has ties into fair trade and, and, and things like this. labor practices, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I was on some farms. I saw some amazing things that I hadn't even seen in California, where on, on a farm they would have uh, a, a medical doctor for that was on staff, available for the entire um, uh, labor force, where they would have also a dentist on staff, and they would provide meals, nice meals, and the owners of the farms actually eat with the employees. Um, and they would have, instead of the, the laborers having to, you know, on these typical situations where they have to walk miles, they would pick up the employees in very nice, clean buses at their homes and then bring them to work and bring them back home so they don't have to walk miles back and forth. Or a situation like, for example, uh, you know, it's payday, and the only place you can cash your check would be a liquor store. So sometimes... Uh, the guys wouldn't make it home with 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 the money for their family, um, and just little things like that. So one farm put a, an ATM machine right at the farm, and they would direct deposit the, the, their paychecks so that they didn't have to stop at the liquor store on the way home, and they could just take what they need. It's all these little things that um, show extra care. And I saw these programs firsthand in Ecuador and in Colombia, and and so I thought, well, you know, there's not a, a, a consumer message that can give the total comfort that says these flowers are, are uh, sustainably grown and produced in a manner that's safe for the, the environment, the farm workers, the wildlife, the ecology, and there wasn't one standard that addressed it all. And, and it was also at the same time a big stretch for, orga- for, for growers to take the steps to become fully organic. And they needed a bridge and time to get there. So basically, I saw a need for a new standard, and I went to a standards uh, developer in the East Bay, Scientific Certification Systems, and I said that, um, I said, well, there's an opportunity in the floral industry. They need a sustainability standard. Uh, uh, SCS, as they refer to, Scientific Certification Systems, are expert uh, sustainable standards developers. They developed the CAFE program for Starbucks. Uh, they've developed... Um, the NutriClean program that most supermarkets in the United States use to test produce, and they develop sustainability standards for the forestry industry and the fisheries industry and the paint industry, and so I thought they'd be perfect to do this for mm-hmm. the uh, fresh cut flower trade, and I helped organize, they agreed to do it, and I helped organize the first group of growers to provide, um, uh, as an advisory council, um, and I put together a group of industry leaders from around the world the basic concept, and I... And are you including your competitors in this? I mean, I mean, is this like only, you know, only you and the growers, or is it other 
you know, industry members uh, as well that are getting in on this. Oh, just industry members. Okay. I just wasn't for me. Uh, yeah, no, I just wanted to ask. Support you know. for myself. Right, right. right. <laughs> no, no, no. But I have to ask that because there are there are two camps of standards. There are the real standards, and I, and I sort of assumed this was it. But there are also standards out there in various industries, like you know, in flooring, wood flooring, and things like that, where they're backed by one or maybe a couple vendors. Um, you know. So anyway, so yeah. I spe- yeah, I specifically went to some of the largest growers in the world. Uh, some of uh, actually the biggest distributors of flowers in the country, um, one of the biggest uh, retailers in the country, and I just put together a, a group of interested, uh, concerned industry people to provide SES with the um, basic information that they could begin developing their program from. And now this is actually becoming a, a national government uh, standard. It's actually a draft ANSI standard, and I believe that within three to five years from now, you will not see a flower in the United States that's not certified as sustainably grown. In fact, um, you know, uh, it's, it's amazing to think that there are flowers in the market that aren't. I mean, you just make this assumption that products are produced in a responsible manner. Yeah. And it's really sad to learn that that's not the case. Unfortunately but it's, not. Yeah, it's retailers' responsibility to make sure that they know what they're selling. And consumers to know what they're buying. Yeah, yes. absolutely. Well, we're going to take one last break. And I'll just on that note, too, I want to mention, too, it's like for people who are interested, this is a $21 billion industry, just the floral industry. And I think, and I, and I was reading, too, that uh, the Veriflora certification, you guys are expecting, I understand, uh, that you're going to certify more than a billion uh, floral stems this year. So the numbers are pretty staggering. So anyway, we will be right back with Joe Prallman, who is the CEO of Organic Style and also OrganicBouquet.com. And we'll be right back on Green Talk Radio. Thanks, everyone. Listen to Living Green, effortless ecology for everyday people, a weekly online audio program featuring champions of sustainable living at personallifemedia.com. All right, and we are back on Green Talk Radio. Topic today is organic goods and flowers and all things organic farming, really. And my guest to talk about that is Gerald Prallman, CEO of Organic Style. And Gerald, I wanted to give you an opportunity. We, we wanted to hear a little bit about the Organic Style magazine. Now, that's a magazine I think it's going to be familiar to a lot of people out there listening. And it certainly was to me when uh, when I first heard about the relaunch of it. I, I didn't realize kind of what had happened there. And it sounds like, correct me if I'm wrong, what I read was that that, um, that you guys had expanded into the, the lifestyle market and that you had made an acquisition from Rodale uh, Publications, who I think was the original publisher of this magazine. Tell us about that decision, both in terms of moving into lifestyle uh, and growing, you know, from uh, expanding from flowers um, and, and also the decision to purchase the magazine and what you're doing with that. Okay. Well, um as I mentioned before, the original vision of the company was to be an eco-lifestyle company marketing an array of, of um, certified products that are all produced in a responsible way, direct from farmers and artisans to consumers. That was the idea. It, um, I thought it was going to take about a year to develop flowers and then expand upon uh, that into other categories. It actually took seven years to uh, develop the um, eco-floral market. Um, and once we were able to get things going and we're generating sales and the interest started taking and we're having thousands of uh, visitors a day to our website, um, I thought, well, this is a good time now to expand into the other categories and to really uh, carry out the original vision of the company. And I was searching for a a brand and I was a a huge fan of Organic Style Magazine and of the Rodale company in particular. 
Uh, and, and there's actually quite an interesting story, uh, which I'd like to share. A lot of people don't know um, that uh, J.I. Rodale, who is the founder of, of Rodale, uh, they're the largest privately held publishers of health and wellness books and magazines uh, in the world. Um, you'll recognize them as Men's Health and Women's Health and Prevention Magazine. They put out 25 million magazines a month um, around the world. But it all began with uh, J.I. Rodale in the late 1930s, and he was one of the first people to start writing about the negative impacts that he perceived coming from agrochemicals. And those early writings evolved into what became Organic Gardening Magazine, which is one of the oldest magazines in America today. Oh. And from that, he built an empire. So J.I. Rodale actually coined the word organic hmm. um, in terms of uh, agriculture. And uh, several generations later, his uh, granddaughter, Maria Rodale, who's the, the chairman of um, Rodale, um, put out this magazine, I think it came out first in 2001, and it was really a tribute to her grandfather because she viewed him as a stylish environmentalist, and she wanted to show that organic could go to the next level. Um, it didn't need to be kind of scratchy, hemp, clothes, you know, it could be... Uh, kind, of like an, kind of like an Yves Chouinard of Patagonia kind of figure. Exactly. Right. And so Organic Style was um, a magazine that was a tribute to her grandfather in that concept, and they, they really did quite well. They got um, lots of subscribers, and uh, many people were buying it on the newsstands. And then around 2005, uh, they made an internal decision to pull it from the market um, for the time being, because I guess the market hadn't caught up uh, just yet, and um, they just parked the brand. So it was just sitting as a dormant brand. And uh, Maria uh, Rodell is a customer of ours, and I called her on the phone just by chance, and I said, what are you doing with Organic Style Magazine? We, we, need a, we need a name for our company, and we want to introduce a magazine. And I made an offer to purchase it, and they accepted, and we were very grateful. Uh, and, then we, and then we launched Organic Style uh, in, in the end, end of uh, 07. And uh, just uh, in January, we, we reintroduced Organic Style Magazine, but as an online magazine. And this so it's on online only, not print. Now. Just online okay. because um, that's what we're all about. It's, yeah, you know, it's greener. <laughs> that's it's for sure. Greener. Yeah, and so the whole point of Organic Style Magazine is uh, this is a window to our world where you get to meet our growers and growers that we're uh, maybe not necessarily working with. You can meet growers. You can meet artisans. Um, you meet uh, humanitarians environmentalists, and people that can inspire us to um, make uh, you know, conscious purchase decisions and make this world a better place. Yeah, well, well very cool. So what's the editorial? Uh, I'm curious about the editorial side because I run a, you know, an online publication myself that's uh, obviously about uh, sustainable editorial. And so I'm just curious, what is your vision? Are you changing it from the original magazine? I mean, obviously the format, the media has changed, but in terms of um, the editorial voice and the content, uh, what, what is your vision for uh, for the magazine? Is it changing at all? You're pretty much going back to what was being done before in, in 2005. It's quite different um, than the earlier publication because, um, well, first of all, we make no... 
secret is that we're a commercial company called OrganicStyle.com, and we have things for sale. Now, that's kind of what I was dancing around there, too, is that yeah. the, you guys are selling products, and that, that's a big difference. Is, yeah, so yeah. We, we sell products. However, um, we have a place for selling products in, in the magazine called the Organic Style Boutique, and we're very clear that this is the selling place. And the rest of the magazine is information that's valuable to your life. Um, and it's just good information. Um, and what we're trying to do is, this is just really an expression of the original vision of the company, which is to make a connection between source and consumer. So you can have a relationship with the people that produce the products. I find these stories really fascinating. And again, it's a window to our world. Um, our premier issue, uh, the front cover says, Eco Roses from a Person Who Matters. So on the cover is um, this uh, young lady, and she uh, is one of the employees at our uh, partner, Rose Farm in Ecuador, and she's um, the cover girl. And you can actually see the person who actually grew your roses, and you can feel really good that you know that she's earning a livable wage, she's working in a healthy environment, and this is just a positive social and environmental um, initiative all the way around. Um, so, and you get to learn where stuff comes from, and that's what I really found most interesting uh, about this business in the first place. And that, you know, it's, yeah, and I, I mean, that really harkens back to your the earlier part of your career you described earlier of, you know, the, taking the supermarket buyers out to the, to the farmers and having them meet them is that you're essentially, that's your thematic for you, um, and that's a very powerful connection. So, yeah, uh, yeah so, I appreciate that. You know, Putting things in the magazine that's just information that I that I'm interested in. I, do I the hope same other thing. people. Are, I hope other people too. But for example, you know, people talk about you know, oh, this chocolate, you know, is to die for. Well, our article was chocolate to live for. Yeah. And and we have um, the the artisan who produces our chocolates um, um, does it with organic and fair trade chocolates, and we tell why that's important, and you get to meet him and. Um, or, or we have uh, uh, a discussion on, on fashion, or it's about color, where actually colors come from. And, and I mean, just all the things that you don't stop to think about uh, typically and realize that there's constant negative impact to the environment with, with all these consumer products that we, 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 we buy day in and day out. And it, the whole idea is to, is to, in a very positive way, um, give valuable information so that people can um, um, practice responsible purchasing. Well, that is all the time we have today. But I really have enjoyed this conversation and hearing the story. I mean, all the stories, you know, from uh, you know your your wife Raquel Bitana. We wish her great luck, by the way, in her career. I understand she's performed to sold out crowds at Carnegie Hall and recorded albums and so forth. So our our best to her. And uh, and again, appreciate you having on having you on the program today. And we wish you great luck with the new magazine, which I have read. And I have to say, I was very impressed by the quality of the editorial and as well as the aesthetics of it. So uh, congratulations on that. Thank you, Sean, and thank you for having me on your program. Yeah, my pleasure. So our guest today has been Gerald Prallman, who is the CEO of Organic Style. They're an online magazine and eco-boutique for people seeking inspiring products that uphold the well-being of the planet and humankind. Their flagship floral brand is www.organicbouquet.com. Well, it widely recognizes America's pioneer of organic and eco-flowers. This is Sean Daly from Green Talk Radio, and we'll talk to you next time. 
Thanks as always to everyone listening in today. Remember, for more free on-demand podcasts, articles, videos, and other information related to living a greener lifestyle, visit our website at www.greenlivingideas.com. We'd also love to hear your comments, feedback, and questions. Send us an email at editors at greenlivingideas.com. Find more great shows like this on personallifemedia.com.